Section 38 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3, by Robert Burton. Section 38. Partition 3, Section 4, Member 1, Subsection 3, Part 1. Symptoms general, love to their own sect, hate of all other religions, obstinacy, peevishness, ready to undergo any danger or cross for it, martyrs, blind zeal, blind obedience, fastings, vows, belief of incredibilities, impossibilities, particular of Gentiles, Mahometans, Jews, Christians, and in them heretics old and new, schismatics, schoolmen, prophets, enthusiasts, etc. Fleat Heraclitus an redeat Democritus. In attempting to speak of these symptoms, shall I laugh with Democritus or weep with Heraclitus? They are so ridiculous and absurd on the one side, so lamentable and tragical on the other. A mixed scene offers itself, so full of errors and a promiscuous variety of objects that I know not in what strain to represent it. When I think of the Turkish paradise, those Jewish fables and pontifical rites, those pagan superstitions, their sacrifices and ceremonies, as to make images of all matter and adore them when they have done, to see them, kiss the picks, creep to the cross, etc. I cannot choose but laugh with Democritus. But when I see them whip and torture themselves, grind their souls for toys and trifles, desperate and now ready to die, I cannot but weep with Heraclitus. When I see a priest say mass, with all those apish gestures, murmurings, etc., read the customs of the Jews' synagogue or Mahometa Mesquites, I must needs laugh at their folly, risum teneatis amici. But when I see them make matters of conscience of such toys and trifles, to adore the devil, to endanger their souls, to offer their children to their idols, etc., I must needs condole their misery. When I see two superstitious orders contend, pro aris et focis, with such have and hold, delana caprina, some write such great volumes to no purpose, take so much pains to so small effect, their satires, invectives, apologies, dull and gross fictions. When I see grave learned men rail and scold like butter-women, methinks tis pretty sport, and fit for Calphurnius and Democritus to laugh at. But when I see so much blood spilt, so many murders and massacres, so many cruel battles fought, etc., tis a fitter subject for Heraclitus to lament. As Merlin, when he sat by the lakeside with Vortigern, and had seen the white and red dragon fight, before he began to interpret or to speak, infletum prorupit, fell a-weeping, and then proceeded to declare to the king what it meant. I should first pity and bewail this misery of humankind with some passionate preface, wishing mine eyes a fountain of tears, as Jeremiah did, and then to my task. For it is that great torture, that infernal plague of mortal men, 
omnium pestium pestilentissima superstitio and able of itself alone to stand in opposition to all other plagues miseries and calamities whatsoever far more cruel more pestiferous more grievous more general more violent of a greater extent other fears and sorrows grievances of body and mind are troublesome for the time but this is for ever eternal damnation hell itself a plague a fire an inundation hurts one province alone and the loss may be recovered but this superstition involves all the world almost and can never be remedied sickness and sorrows come and go but a superstitious soul hath no rest superstitione imbutus animus nunquam quietus esse potest no peace no quietness true religion and superstition are quite opposite longe diversa carnificina et pietas as lactantius describes the one erects the other dejects ilorum pietas mera impietus the one is an easy yoke the other an intolerable burden an absolute tyranny the one a sure anchor a haven the other a tempestuous ocean the one makes the other mars the one is wisdom the other is folly madness indiscretion the one unfeigned the other a counterfeit the one a diligent observer the other an ape one leads to heaven the other to hell but these differences will more evidently appear by their particular symptoms what religion is and of what parts it doth consist every catechism will tell you what symptoms it hath and what effects it produceth but for their superstitions no tongue can tell them no pen express they are so many so diverse so uncertain so inconstant and so different from themselves tot mundi superstitiones quot celostelae one saith there be as many superstitions in the world as there be stars in heaven or devils themselves that are the first founders of them with such ridiculous absurd symptoms and signs so many several rites ceremonies torments and vexations accompanying as may well express and beseem the devil to be the author and maintainer of them i will only point at some of them ex ungue leonem guess at the rest and those of the chief kinds of superstition which beside us christians now domineer and crucify the world gentiles mahometans jews etc of these symptoms some be general some particular to each private sect general to all are an extraordinary love and affection they bear and show to such as are of their own sect and more than vatinian hate to such as are opposite in religion as they call it or disagree from them in their superstitious rites blind zeal which is as much a symptom as a cause vain fears blind obedience needless works incredibilities impossibilities monstrous rites and ceremonies wilfulness blindness obstinacy etc for the first which is love and hate as montanus saith nulla firmior amicitia quam quae contrahitur hinc nulla discordia maior quam quae a religione fit no greater concord no greater discord than that which proceeds from religion it is incredible to relate did not our daily experience evince it what factions 
quam teterimae factiones, as Richard Dinoth writes, have been of late for matters of religion in France, and what hurly-burlies all over Europe for these many years. Nihil est quod tam impotentur rapiat homines, quam suscepta de salute opinio, siquidem pro ea omnes gentes corpora et animas devovere solent, et actissimo necessitudinis vinculo se invicem colligare. We are all brethren in Christ, servants of one Lord, members of one body, and therefore are, or should be at least, dearly beloved, inseparably allied in the greatest bond of love and familiarity, united partakers not only of the same cross, but coadjutors, comforters, helpers, at all times, upon all occasions, as they did in the primitive church, Acts the fifth. They sold their patrimonies, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and many such memorable examples of mutual love we have had under the ten general persecutions, many since. Examples on the other side of discord, none like, as our Saviour saith, he came therefore into the world to set father against son, etc., in imitation of whom the devil belike, nam superstitio irepsit verae religionis imitatrix, superstition is still religion's ape, as in all other things, so in this, doth so combine and glue together his superstitious followers in love and affection that they will live and die together, and what an innate hatred hath he still inspired to any other superstition opposite. How those old Romans were affected, those ten persecutions may be a witness, and that cruel executioner in Eusebius, aut lita aut morere, sacrifice or die. No greater hate, more continuate, bitter faction, wars, persecution in all ages, than for matters of religion, no such feral opposition, father against son, mother against daughter, husband against wife, city against city, kingdom against kingdom, as of old at Tentira and Combos. Immortale odium et nunquam sanabile vulnus, inde furor vulgo, quod numina vicinorum, Odit uterque locus quum solos credit habendos, esse deos quos ipse colat. Immortal hate it breeds, a wound past cure, and fury to the commons still to endure, because one city t'other's gods as vain deride and his alone as good maintain. The Turks at this day count no better of us than of dogs. So they commonly call us gears, infidels, miscreants, make that their main quarrel and cause of Christian persecution. If he will turn Turk, he shall be entertained as a brother and had in good esteem, a Mussulman or a believer, which is a greater tie to them than any affinity or consanguinity. The Jews stick together like so many burrs, but as for the rest whom they call Gentiles, they do hate and abhor, they cannot endure their Messiah should be a common saviour to us all, and rather, as Luther writes, than they that now scoff at them, curse them, persecute and revile them, shall be co-heirs and brethren with them, or have any part or fellowship with their Messiah they would crucify their Messiah ten times over, and God himself, his angels, and all his creatures, if it were possible, though they endure a thousand hells for it. Such is their malice towards us. Now for papists, what in a common cause for the advancement of their religion they will endure, 
our traitors and pseudo-Catholics will declare unto us, and how bitter on the other side to their adversaries, how violently bent, let those Marian times record, as those miserable slaughters at Merindol and Cabrières, the Spanish Inquisition, the Duke of Alva's tyranny in the Low Countries, the French massacres and civil wars. Tantum religio potuit suadere malorum. Such wickedness did religion persuade. Not there only, but all over Europe we read of bloody battles, racks and wheels, seditions, factions, oppositions. Obvia signis signa pares aquilas et pila minantia pilis. Invectives and contentions. They had rather shake hands with a Jew, Turk, or, as the Spaniards do, suffer Moors to live amongst them, and Jews, than Protestants. My name, saith Luther, is more odious to them than any thief or murderer. So it is with all heretics and schismatics whatsoever, and none so passionate, violent in their tenets, opinions, obstinate, willful, refractory, peevish, factious, singular, and stiff in defense of them. They do not only persecute and hate, but pity all other religions, account them damned, blind, as if they alone were the true church, they are the true heirs, have the fee simple of heaven by a peculiar donation, tis entailed on them and their posterities, their doctrine sound, per funem aureum decelo delapsa doctrina, let down from heaven by a golden rope, they alone are to be saved. The Jews at this day are so incomprehensibly proud and churlish, saith Luther, that soli salvari, soli domini terrarum salutari volunt, and, as Buxtorfius adds, so ignorant and self-willed withal, that amongst their most understanding rabbins you shall find naught but gross dotage, horrible hardness of heart, and stupendous obstinacy, in all their actions, opinions, conversations, and yet so zealous withal, that no man living can be more, and vindicate themselves for the elect people of God. Tis so with all other superstitious sects, Mahometans, Gentiles in China and Tartary, our ignorant Papists, Anabaptists, Separatists, and peculiar churches of Amsterdam, they alone, and none but they, can be saved. Zealous, as Paul saith, Romans 10, 2, without knowledge, they will endure any misery, any trouble, suffer and do that which the sunbeams will not endure to see. Religionis acti furiis, all extremities, losses and dangers, take any pains, fast, pray, vow chastity, willful poverty, forsake all and follow their idols, die a thousand deaths as some Jews did to Pilate's soldiers, in like case, exertos praebentes jugulos, et manifeste praese ferentes, as Josephus hath it, cariorem eseritas sibilegis patriae observationem, rather than abjure or deny the least particle of that religion which their fathers profess, and they themselves have been brought up in, be it never so absurd, ridiculous, they will embrace it, and without farther inquiry or examination of the truth, though it be prodigiously false, they will believe it. They will take much more pains to go to hell than we shall do to heaven. Single out the most ignorant of them, convince his understanding, show him his errors, grossness, and absurdities of his sect. Non persuadebis etiamsi persuaseris. He will not be persuaded. 
as those pagans told the jesuits in japona they would do as their forefathers have done and with ratolde the frisian prince go to hell for company if most of their friends went thither they will not be moved no persuasion no torture can stir them so that papists cannot brag of their vows poverty obedience orders merits martyrdoms fastings alms good works pilgrimages much and more than all this i shall show you is and hath been done by these superstitious gentiles pagans idolaters and jews their blind zeal and idolatrous superstition in all kinds is much at one little or no difference and it is hard to say which is the greatest which is the grossest for if a man shall duly consider those superstitious rites amongst the ethnics in japan the banians in gusart the chinese idolaters americans of old in mexico especially mahometan priests he shall find the same government almost the same orders and ceremonies or so like that they may seem all apparently to be derived from some heathen spirit and the roman hierarchy no better than the rest in a word this is common to all superstition there is nothing so mad and absurd so ridiculous impossible incredible which they will not believe observe and diligently perform as much as in them lies nothing so monstrous to conceive or intolerable to put in practice so cruel to suffer which they will not willingly undertake so powerful a thing is superstition o egypt as trismegistus exclaims thy religion is fables and such as posterity will not believe i know that in true religion itself many mysteries are so apprehended alone by faith as that of the trinity which turks especially deride christ's incarnation resurrection of the body at the last day quod ideo credendum saith tertullium quod incredibile etc many miracles not to be controverted or disputed of mirari non rimari sapientia vera est saith gerhardus et indivinis as a good father informs us quaedam credenda quaedam admiranda etc some things are to be believed embraced followed with all submission and obedience some again admired though julian the apostate scoff at christians in this point quod captivemus intellectum in obsequium fide saying that the christian creed is like the pythagorean ipse dixit we make our will and understanding too slavishly subject to our faith without farther examination of the truth yet as saint gregory truly answers our creed is altiores praestantiae and much more divine and as thomas will pie consideranti semper sopetunt rationes ostendentes credibilitatem in misterii supernaturalibus we do absolutely believe it and upon good reasons for as gregory well informeth us fides non habit meritum ubi humana ratio quaerit experimentum that faith hath no merit is not worth the name of faith that will not apprehend without a certain demonstration we must and will believe god's word and if we be mistaken or err in our general belief as ricardus de sancto victore vows he will say to christ himself at the day of judgment lord if we be deceived thou alone hast deceived us thus we plead but for the rest i will not justify that pontifical consubstantiation 
that which Mahometans and Jews justly accept at, as Campanella confesseth, Ateismus Triumphatus, chapter 12, folio 125. Difficilimum dogma esse, nec aliud subjectum magis haereticorum blasphemiis, et stultis irisionibus politicorum reperiri. They hold it impossible, deum in pane manducari, and besides, they scoff at it, videgentem comedentem deum suum, inquit quidam maurus, hunc deum muscae et vermes irident, quum ipsum poluunt et devorant, subditus est igni, aquae, et latrones furantur, pixidem auream humi prosternunt, et se tamen non defendit hic Deus. Qui fieri potest, ut sit integer in singulis hostiae particulis, idem corpus numero, tam multis locis, caelo, terra, etc. But he that shall read the Turks Alcoran, the Jews Talmud, and Papists' golden legend, in the meantime will swear that such gross fictions, fables, vain traditions, prodigious paradoxes and ceremonies, could never proceed from any other spirit than that of the devil himself, which is the author of confusion and lies. And wonder withal how such wise men as have been of the Jews, such learned understanding men as Averroes, Avicenna, or those heathen philosophers, could ever be persuaded to believe or to subscribe to the least part of them. Out fraudem non detegere. But that, as Vaninus answers, ob publicae potestatis formidinem alatrare philosophy non audebant, they durst not speak for fear of the law. But I will descend to particulars, read their several symptoms, and then guess. Of such symptoms as properly belong to superstition or that irreligious religion, I may say, as of the rest, some are ridiculous, some again feral to relate. Of those ridiculous there can be no better testimony than the multitude of their gods, those absurd names, actions, offices they put upon them, their feasts, holy days, sacrifices, adorations, and the like. The Egyptians that pretended so great antiquity, three hundred kings before Amasis, and, as Mela writes, thirteen thousand years from the beginning of their chronicles, that bragged so much of their knowledge of old, for they invented arithmetic, astronomy, geometry. Of their wealth and power, that vaunted of twenty thousand cities. Yet, at the same time, their idolatry and superstition was most gross. They worshipped, as Diodorus Siculus records, sun and moon under the name of Isis and Osiris, and after such men as were beneficial to them, or any creature that did them good. In the city of Bubasti they adored a cat, saith Herodotus, Ibis and storks, an ox, saith Pliny, leeks and onions, Macrobius, Porum et caepe deus imponere nubibus ausi, hos tu nile deus colis. Scoffing Lucian in his Vera Historia, which, as he confesseth himself, was not persuasively written as a truth, but in comical fashion to glance at the monstrous fictions and gross absurdities of writers and nations, to deride without doubt this prodigious Egyptian idolatry, feigns this story of himself, that when he had seen the Elysian fields and was now coming away, Radamanthus gave him a mallow root, and bade him pray to that 
when he was in any peril or extremity, which he did accordingly, for when he came to Hydamordia in the island of treacherous women, he made his prayers to his root, and was instantly delivered. The Syrians, Chaldeans, had as many proper gods of their own invention. See the said Lucian de Dea Syria. Morne, chapter 22, De Veritate Religionis. Williamus Ducius Sacrorum Sacrificiorumque Gentilium, Descripto. Peter Faber Semester, Book 3, Chapters 1, 2, 3. Selden, De Diis Siris, Purchases Pilgrimage, Rosinus of the Romans, and Lilius Hiraldus of the Greeks. The Romans borrowed from all, besides their own gods, which were maiorum and minorum gentium, as Varro holds, certain and uncertain, some celestial, select, and great ones, others indigenous and semidei, lares lemures dioscuri soteres and peristatae, dii tutelares amongst the Greeks, gods of all sorts for all functions, some for the land, some for sea, some for heaven, some for hell, some for passions, diseases, some for birth, some for weddings, husbandry, woods, waters, gardens, orchards, etc. All actions and offices, pax quies, salus, libertas, felicitas, strenua, stimula, horta, Pan, Silvanus, Preapus, Flora, Cloacina, Stercutius, Febris, Palor, Invidia, Proterwia, Risus, Angerona, Volupia, Vacuna, Viriplaca, Veneranda, Pales, Neptunia, Doris, Kings, Emperors, valiant men that had done any good offices for them, they did likewise canonize and adore for gods, and it was usually done, usitatum apud antiquos, as Jacobus Bossardus well observes, deificare homines qui beneficiis mortales juvarent. And the devil was still ready to second their intents. Statim se ingesit ilorum sepulcris statuis templis aris, etc. He crept into their temples, statues, tombs, altars, and was ready to give oracles, cure diseases, do miracles, etc. As by Jupiter, Asclepius, Tiresias, Apollo, Mopsus, Amphiaraus, etc., Diet semidii, for so they were semidii, demigods, some medii inter deos et homines, as Maximus Tyrius the Platonist, Sermones twenty six and twenty seven, maintains and justifies in many words. When a good man dies, his body is buried, but his soul, ex homine daemon evadit becomes forthwith a demigod, nothing disparaged with malignity of air or variety of forms, rejoiceth, exalts, and sees that perfect beauty with his eyes. Now being deified, in commiseration he helps his poor friends here on earth, his kindred and allies, informs, succors, etc., punisheth those that are bad and do amiss, as a good genius to protect and govern mortal men, appointed by the gods, so they will have it, ordaining some for provinces, some for private men, some for one office, some for another. Hector and Achilles assist soldiers to this day. Aesculapius all sick men, the Dioscuri seafaring men, etc., and sometimes, upon occasion, they show themselves. The Dioscuri, Hercules and Aesculapius, 
he saw himself, or the devil in his likeness, non somnians sed vigilans ipse vidi, so far Tyrius. And not good men only do they thus adore, but tyrants, monsters, devils, as Stuccius inveys, Nero's, Domitian's, Heliogables, beastly women, and arrant whores amongst the rest. For all intents, places, creatures, they assign gods. Et domibus tectis thermis et equis soleatis assignare solent genius, saith Prudentius. Cuna for cradles, divera for sweeping houses, nodina knots, prema pramunda hymen hymeneus for weddings, comus the god of good fellows, gods of silence, of comfort, hebe goddess of youth, mena menstruarum, etc., male and female gods, of all ages, sexes, and dimensions, with beards, without beards, married, unmarried, begot, not born at all, but, as Minerva, start out of Jupiter's head. Hesiod reckons up at least thirty thousand gods, Varro three hundred Jupiters. As Jeremy told them, their gods were to the multitude of cities. Quisquid humus pelagus celum miserabile gignit id dixere deos coles freta flumina flamas. Whatever heavens, sea, and land begat, hills, seas, and rivers, God was this and that. And which was most absurd, they made gods upon such ridiculous occasions. As children make babies, so saith Morneus, their poets make gods, et quos adorant in templis, ludunt in theatris, as Lactantius scoffs. Saturn, a man, gelded himself, did eat his own children, a cruel tyrant, driven out of his kingdom by his son Jupiter, as good a god as himself a wicked, lascivious, paltry king of Crete, of whose rapes, lusts, murders, villainies, a whole volume is too little to relate. Venus, a notorious strumpet, as common as a barber's chair. Mars, Adonis, Anchises, whore, is a great she-goddess, as well as the rest, as much renowned by their poets, with many such and these gods so fabulously and foolishly made, ceremoniis, hymnis, et canticis celebrunt. Their errors, luctus et gaudia, amores, iras, nuptias et liberorum procreationes, as Eusebius well taxeth. Weddings, mirth and mournings, loves, angers, and quarrelling they did celebrate in hymns, and sing of in their ordinary songs, as it were publishing their villainies. But see more of their originals. When Romulus was made away by the sedition of the senators, to pacify the people, Julius Proculus gave out that Romulus was taken up by Jupiter into heaven and therefore to be ever after adored for a god amongst the romans Serophanes of egypt had only one son whom he dearly loved he erected his statue in his house which his servants did adorn with garlands to pacify their master's wrath when he was angry so by little and little he was adored for a god this did semiramis for her husband Belus, and Adrian the emperor, by his minion Antinous. Flora was a rich harlot in Rome, and for that she made the commonwealth her heir, her birthday was solemnized long after, and to make it a more plausible holiday, 
they made her goddess of flowers and sacrificed to her amongst the rest the matrons of rome as dionysius halicarnassius relates because at their entreaty coriolanus desisted from his wars consecrated a church fortunes muliebri and venus barbata had a temple erected for that somewhat was amiss about hair and so the rest the citizens of alabanda a small town in asia minor to curry favour with the romans who then warred in greece with perseus of macedon and were formidable to these parts consecrated a temple to the city of rome and made her a goddess with annual games and sacrifices so a town of houses was deified with shameful flattery of the one side to give and intolerable arrogance on the other to accept upon so vile and absurd an occasion tully writes to atticus that his daughter tulliola might be made a goddess and adored as juno and minerva and as well she deserved it their holy days and adorations were all out as ridiculous those lupercals of pan florales of flora bonadea anna perena saturnals etc as how they were celebrated with what lascivious and wanton gestures bald ceremonies by what bawdy priests how they hang their noses over the smoke of sacrifices saith lucian and lick blood like flies that was spilled about the altars their carved idols gilt images of wood iron ivory silver brass stone olim truncus eram etc were most absurd as being their own workmanship for as seneca notes adorant ligneos deus et fabros interim qui fecerunt contemnunt they adore work contemn the workman and as tertullian follows it si homines non essent diis propitii non essent dii had it not been for men they had never been gods but blocks and stupid statues in which mice swallows birds make their nests spiders their webs and in their very mouths laid their excrements those images i say were all out as gross as the shapes in which they did represent them jupiter with a ram's head mercury a dog's pan like a goat hecate with three heads one with a beard another without see more in carterius and verdurius of their monstrous forms and ugly pictures and which was absurder yet they told them these images came from heaven as that of minerva in her temple at athens quade caelo cecidisse credebant acolae saith pausanias they formed some like storks apes bulls and yet seriously believed and that which was impious and abominable they made their gods notorious whoremasters incestuous sodomites as commonly they were all as well as jupiter mars apollo mercury neptune etc thieves slaves drudges for apollo and neptune made tiles in phrygia kept sheep hercules emptied stables vulcan a blacksmith unfit to dwell upon the earth for their villainies much less in heaven as mornay well saith and yet they gave them out to be such so weak and brutish some to whine lament and roar as isis for her son and kenocephalus as also all her weeping priests mars in homer to be wounded vexed venus ran away crying and the like than which what can be more ridiculous 
non e ridiculum lugere quod colas vel colere quod lugeas which minutius objects si dii cur plangitis si mortui cur adoratis that it is no marvel if lucian that adamantine persecutor of superstition and pliny could so scoff at them and their horrible idolatry as they did if diagoras took hercules's image and put it under his pot to seethe his pottage which was as he said his thirteenth labor but see more of their fopperies in cyprian's fourth tract de idolorum vanitate chrysostom adversus gentiles arnobius adversus gentes augustine de civitate dei theodoret de curatio graecarum affectionum clemens alexandrinus minutius felix eusebius lactantius stuccius etc lamentable tragical and fearful those symptoms are that they should be so far forth affrighted with their fictitious gods as to spend the goods lives fortunes precious time best days in their honour to sacrifice unto them to their inestimable loss such hecatombs so many thousand sheep oxen with gilded horns goats as croesus king of lydia marcus julianus surnamed ob crebras hostias victimarius et toricremus and the rest of the roman emperors usually did with such labour and cost and not emperors only and great ones pro communi bono were at this charge but private men for their ordinary occasions pythagoras offered a hundred oxen for the invention of a geometrical problem and it was an ordinary thing to sacrifice in lucian's time a heifer for their good health four oxen for wealth a hundred for a kingdom nine bulls for their safe return from troia to pilus etc every god almost had a peculiar sacrifice the sun horses vulcan fire diana a white heart venus a turtle ceres a hog proserpina a black lamb neptune a bull read more in stuccius at large besides sheep cocks corals frankincense to their undoings as if their gods were affected with blood or smoke and surely saith he if one should but repeat the fopperies of mortal men in their sacrifices feasts worshipping their gods their rites and ceremonies what they think of them of their diet houses orders etc what prayers and vows they make if one should but observe their absurdity and madness he would burst out a laughing and pity their folly for what can be more absurd than their ordinary prayers petitions requests sacrifices oracles devotions of which we have a taste in maximus tyrius sermon one plato's alcibiades secundus perseus satire two juvenal satire ten there likewise exploded mactant opimas et pingues hostias deo quasi esurienti profundunt vinatanquam sitienti lumina accendunt velut in tenebris agenti lactantius book two chapter six as if their gods were hungry athirst in the dark they light candles offer meat and drink and what so base as to reveal their counsels and give oracles e viscerum sterquiliniis out of the bowels and excremental parts of beasts sordidos deos varro truly calls them therefore 
and well he might. I say nothing of their magnificent and sumptuous temples, those majestical structures. To the roof of Apollo Didymaeus' temple, ad branchidas, as Strabo writes, a thousand oaks did not suffice. Who can relate the glorious splendor and stupend magnificence, the sumptuous building of Diana at Ephesus, Jupiter Ammon's temple in Africa, the Pantheon at Rome, the capital, the Sarapium at Alexandria, Apollo's temple at Daphne in the suburbs of Antioch, the great temple at Mexico, so richly adorned and so capacious, for ten thousand men might stand in it at once, that fair pantheon of Cusco, described by Acosta in his Indian history, which eclipses both Jews and Christians. There were in old Jerusalem, as some write, four hundred eight synagogues, but New Cairo reckons up, if Radzivilus may be believed, six thousand eight hundred mosques, Fez four hundred, whereof fifty are most magnificent, like St. Paul's in London. Helena built three hundred fair churches in the Holy Land, but one Bassa hath built four hundred mosques. The Mahometans have a thousand monks in a monastery. The like saith Acosta of Americans, Riccius of the Chinese, for men and women fairly built, and more richly endowed some of them than Arras in Artois, Fulda in Germany, or St. Edmundsbury in England with us. Who can describe those curious and costly statues idols, images, so frequently mentioned in Pausanias? I conceal their donaries, pendants, other offerings, presents, to these their fictitious gods daily consecrated. End of section 38